You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Second Chronicles chapter number 20, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Second Chronicles 20 and verse number 1. The Bible says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and them other beside the Ammonites came with Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazem Tamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, when thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us, to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dan. This is a passage of Scripture in Second Chronicles 20 where God's people were in trouble. The king was Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. He was a good king, as you read about him. But God's people were in a predicament. They were in a very, very troubling situation because the Bible tells us that there were multiple enemies that were coming against them. The Bible tells us that they were the children of Ammon and the children of uh, Moab and other beside the Ammonites. And it says in verse 2 that Jehoshaphat got the word and they said, there is a great multitude that's coming against you. And for Jehosh Jehoshaphat, he, he feared, the Bible says in verse number 3, and he was troubled. But I want you to notice in this passage what he did. And we'll take our text from verse number 12. And my message tonight is a very, very simple, but I hope it'll be a very helpful message. It says in verse number 12, Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. 
Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't even know what to do, but you do. And I'd like to preach to us tonight on what to do when you don't know what to do. Uh, I'll tell you, people do crazy things when they don't know what to do. Uh, we've seen that in our nation. Um, there is a virus going around, and so what do you do? You go to the store and you buy all the toilet paper. That'll tell you right there that people are not necessarily reacting with uh, common sense and not reacting logically. But I'll tell you what other people will do. Other people will panic. Other people will uh, uh, be afraid. Other people will blame God. Other people will blame politicians. Other people will blame everybody else. And, and people will do everything they should not do. But when you don't know what to do, we see in this passage of Scripture... There are four things that God shows us that we should do and we ought to do when we don't know what to do. Lord, would you help us as we look at your word? I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and give us, Lord, something that we can uh, uh, apply and something we can use and something real, Lord, that can help us in the days ahead. We are certainly living in very uh, interesting times, but Lord, I thank you that we can trust you. I thank you that you're in control. And I thank you that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I thank you for the solid rock. I thank you for the haven of rest where we can anchor our soul. And I pray that you'd speak to us now in these next few moments tonight. And for those who are listening, I pray that this message would be a help. Lord, it's not my words, it's not my ideas, but it's the Word of God that was written for our instruction and for our admonition. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. We see in this passage that there were some things that were out of Judah's control. Jehoshaphat was the king, and he was a good king, but this was out of his control. He couldn't control the Ammonites. He could not control the Moabites. He could not control the enemy armies that were invading, and it was out of his hands. Friend, there's things that we're facing now that are out of our hands. I'm not just talking about this virus, but I'm talking about there are loss of there's loss of health that many people go through there are physical needs there are uh, people that maybe in your life that uh, maybe have turned their back on you or maybe they've forsaken you or they've treated you wrong maybe there's some listening that you've lost a job maybe you've experienced a financial reversal i think about people in our country and around the world who go through things like tornadoes and go through uh, flooding, and they go through earthquakes and tsunamis, and, and people who go through famines, and people who go through difficult times, people that go through car accidents. I think about people who are suffering right now with cancer, and, and suffering with heart problems, and, and upcoming surgeries, and those who've lost loved ones, and most of all that that I've just described, it's out of our control. There's nothing we can do. It's not something that we can change. These things are out of our control, but what we can control is how we respond to these things. I want you to notice in this passage, number one, when you don't know what to do, number one, you can see God. You can get your eyes on God. Notice verse three, Jehoshaphat feared, and that's where a lot of us are. That's where a lot of us have been. That's where a lot of us will be in the days ahead because of circumstances. Jehoshaphat feared and it says he panicked. Doesn't say that. And he got mad at God. Doesn't say that. And he quit serving the Lord. No, it doesn't say that. He feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. 
What an answer and what a strategy for God's people today. When we fear, when the enemy comes, when uh, the, the hard times come, we seek the Lord. The Bible says he sought the Lord. It says, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Jehoshaphat got serious about seeking God so much so he said, we're not going to eat. We're going to give up some meals and we're going to give up some food and we're going to get serious about praying. Uh, if it had been in 2020, Jehoshaphat may have said, we're turning off the TV for a while. We're putting away the computer for a while. We're putting down the cell phone for a while. Uh, we're going to forget about all that stuff and we're going to get serious about seeking the Lord. I wonder what God would have to do to get your attention. I hope this whole thing going on in our country, I hope, I, hope God's, I hope God's getting your attention. And I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in the weeks ahead. But I know this, God's got something he wants to show us. God's got something he wants to do in our hearts and lives, but we better see him. Verse number three, verse number four. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the government. It's not what it says. To ask help of the friends at work. No, to ask help of the Lord. I love what Brother Dan said in his uh, a prayer. He said how that so many times it becomes a last resort. We do everything we know to do. And then at the end we say, oh yeah, I, I need to pray. Well, friend, that should have been the first thing we were doing. And that should have been the next thing we did. And that should be the last thing we do. And that ought to be all, everything that we do is to seek the Lord. They asked help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Verse number nine, the end of the verse, it says, And cry unto thee in our affliction, and then wilt thou hear and help. Verse number 12, Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Jehoshaphat said, we don't know what to do, but one thing we do know, we're going to seek God. We're going to seek God in all this, and we're going to find out what God wants us to know. Verse 18, and Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. You know, God may have given us this time, and, and I know some of you are so disappointed about the March Madness. The, the, the um, Tar Heel fans are not disappointed at all, but the other fans are disappointed. No uh, March Madness. There's no NBA basketball. There's no sports. And you know, maybe that's a disappointment to you, but can I tell you, it may be that God may use this time so you will seek Him, so you'll worship Him, so you'll spend time with Him, so you can get your eyes back on Jesus. Our girls, Lacey and Savannah, uh, bless my heart, I came home this morning and they were telling me all about the message that they were listening and they were watching and they were, ta you talked about Joseph, daddy, and you talked about him being the governor and it was so neat to hear that. But uh, Lacey and Savannah, I love those girls. They are, uh, of course, they're, they're twins, they're eight years old. But Joanna and I were so amazed from the day they were born how different they were. Savannah was one who, as a baby, I remember we brought her home. She was five pounds. Lacey was five pounds, four ounces, so tiny. And we were the most paranoid parents in the whole world, I'll promise you that, you know, with the first ones, and especially with twins. But I remember it was interesting to us because Savannah was the kind that she didn't always want to be held close. She, she was not necessarily a snuggler. She was not necessarily wanting us to, to hold her real close or real tight. But Savannah loved it when she could see us. 
We, she could be across the room and she could be in a little bassinet or a little bed or something. And if she would wake up and if she could see us, she'd go back to sleep. She was okay. And can I tell you, in our lives, isn't it wonderful when you can look and you can see God and you can see him at work and you can see him on the throne and you can see that he's in control and you know that everything is all right because he is there and you can see him. Psalm 61, the psalmist David wrote and said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. We must seek the Lord. You say, pastor, what happens when we can't see him? Well, when you can't see him, the good news is he can see you. And when you can't see him and when the, the, the storms are raging and the battle is raging, when you cannot see God, you must seek him. You must find him. You must uh, seek after him with all your heart and seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call ye upon him while he is near. When you can't trace God, you can still trust God. When you can't see God, he still knows what you're going through and he knows the pain you feel and he knows the burdens you bear. You can trust him. And when you don't understand, when you can't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, you can still trust his heart and know that God's will and God's way is perfect. Don't give up seeking God. Don't give up looking for him. I used to, I used to talk about this illustration. I don't use it anymore because we have cell phones now. But right after my wife and I got married, uh, she didn't have a cell phone right away. I think I had a cell phone, but we'd go shopping together. And we didn't have children for the first nine years, so a lot of time it was just the two of us. And uh, we'd go shopping, and, 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 and she'd be in that mall, and she'd be shopping. And, and you, some of you ladies that are watching, you know what I'm talking about. You just get to shopping, and you lose all track of time. Well, the husband, on the other hand, who's sitting on the bench or sitting out in the car, you know, every minute seems like an hour, you know. And so I'd be waiting, and, you know, we, we went together, we drove together. And there'd be times where I would uh, go in the mall, I'd go in the store, and I would look for Joanna, and I couldn't find her. So you know what I did, don't you? I hopped in the car, I drove home, and I said, well, if she wants to get home, she'll have to walk. Yeah, you know I didn't do that, Brother Dan. You know what I did? If I couldn't find her, I kept looking for her. I kept seeking for her. How come? Because she was important to me. Because I had to know where she was. I had to make sure I did not leave her behind. And all the husbands say, uh, we don't have them all anymore. We don't have to worry about that. No, you've got Amazon now, so uh, watch out for that. And then all the, all the wives would say, well, we don't spend nearly as much shopping at the mall or spend as much shopping on Amazon as our husbands do on pickup trucks and new cars and boats and shotguns and Got real quiet in here, folks, let me just tell you. But you seek. You seek till you find him. You seek after God and you, you get your eyes on Jesus and you take your eyes off of the problems and you take your eyes off the storms and you get your eyes on Jesus, number one. When you don't know what to do, you see him. Number two, when you don't know what to do, notice verse number 17. The Bible says, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves... Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, 
nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Verse 15, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Number two, when you don't know what to do, number two, you and I can stand still. We can wait on God. We can trust God. We can let God work through the situation. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that if God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible tells us in Romans 8, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Exodus 14, the children of Israel were getting ready to cross the Red Sea. And God told the people, he said, listen, you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Psalm 46, the Bible says to be still and know that I am God. When I was a boy in Rockford, Illinois, we had an evangelist that would come just about every year. And uh, he was a martial arts expert. And he would come and he would bring his, uh, his swords and he would, he would break bricks. I, I've seen him break uh, uh, blocks. I've seen him uh, break uh, uh, big, uh, uh, huge blocks of ice uh, stacked several high. And uh, he would do it with his fist. He could do it with his forearm. I've seen him do it with his head. Unbelievable stuff. But he would also bring his sword. And he would usually get somebody from the audience and uh, he would have them come up and he would stick a carrot, a long carrot in their mouth. And he would blindfold them. And he would blindfold himself. And he would take that sword and he would cut that carrot. He'd slice that carrot that was sticking out of somebody's mouth. Now we're thinking about that for this Sunday. We're thinking about maybe just trying that out. You better believe we're not trying that. But it was so wild, and we're all sitting in the auditorium on the edge of our seat thinking, what if he misses? What if he makes a mistake, you know? And, and he would always get that person set, and he'd blindfold them, and he would say, now, I want you to hold still. And you know why he was saying that? Because he knew what he was doing, but he didn't want that person moving while he was swinging the sword. Now, I'm glad that God never makes a mistake, I'm glad that God never misses. I'm glad that God is never off. God is always perfect in his timing and in his will and his way. But can I tell you, when God is at work, when the expert is at work, hold still. Don't make a mess of things. Don't try to take matters into your own hands. Don't try to do it on your own. I like what Joshaphat said in verse number 12. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? God, will you do it? Because we have no might. We can't do it. We have no might against this great company that cometh against us. When you don't know what to do, see God. Number two, when you don't know what to do, stand still and let God move and let God work and let God's plan be fulfilled. But number three, when you don't know what to do, number three, you must sense God's presence. It says in verse number 17, for the Lord will be with you. Verse number 15, be not afraid nor dismayed. The battle is not yours, but God's. Hebrews 13, 5, I'm glad that God promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. Isaiah 41, verse 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. How do you sense the presence of God? How do you know that God is close? And how do you know that he's near? And how do you know that you're in his presence? I'll tell you one way you know it is when you talk to him. When you spend time in prayer, 
And if your, if your relationship with the Lord is only on Sunday mornings at church, friend, you're not going to feel his presence like you need to. If your relationship with the Lord is only because a family member knows God or a family member prays, that's not enough. You must walk with God for yourself through prayer, through the Bible. This is the word of God. This is how God wants to speak to you and me. I'll tell you how else you feel his presence. You come to his house. You say, well, we can't come tonight. I know, but you can come Wednesday night. And you can come Sunday morning and Sunday night and when all this nonsense is passed and when all this is taken care of, I tell you, God's house ought to be more full than ever and people ought to be faithful to the house of God and people ought to appreciate coming to the house of God to worship Him and to sense His presence. Psalm 23, David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Stay close to God. Walk with God. Sense his presence. You say, Pastor, I don't feel close to God. I don't, I don't feel his presence. Well, I'll tell you this. God's not the one that has moved. God's not the one that's left you. It is you or it is me that has gotten away and drifted from God. But James 4 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Our twins, Lacey and Savannah. Savannah didn't want to be held. She just wanted to see us. But Lacey, on the other hand, when she was a baby, she just loved being so close. She just loved snuggling with mom and dad. It was so funny. As a, as a tiny baby, she would start to wake up and she just would slit her eyes open just a little bit and just kind of make sure, you know, we were there holding her close and she'd go right back to sleep. I tell you, there's nothing like feeling the presence of God. There's nothing like walking with God. There's nothing like spending time in the word of God and spending time in prayer. And, and our lives are so crazy. They're so busy. There's so many interruptions. There's so many distractions. But may we as God's people, may we get back to sensing his presence. So Jehoshaphat's in a battle. The people of Judah are in a battle. The enemy's coming and they don't know what to do. So they said, we're going to seek God. They said, we're going to stand still. And they said, we're going to sense God's presence. We're going to trust that God is with us. But then I want you to notice, lastly, what happened? What, what did they do? What was the outcome? The Bible says in verse number 19 that the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Say, well, what in the world does that have to do with fighting? They're praising God and they're singing to God. Verse number 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers. You know, I would have appointed some soldiers. I would have appointed some, some archers and some, uh, some swordsmen and some uh, chariots. And I would have appointed that, but that's not what he did. He appointed singers unto the Lord. Verse 21. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. You say, that's crazy. What in the world does praising God have to do with anything? Well, I'll show you verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. God worked a victory for his people because they were singing 
and praising God. I'll tell you what we do when we don't know what to do. We praise God anyway. We just keep singing. We just keep worshiping Him. It was Exodus 15, the first song that is recorded in Scripture. It was after Moses was with, in battle with Pharaoh and with his armies and God destroyed them in the Red Sea. And Moses uh, gave the song of triumph and the song of victory in praising God for what he had done. Can I tell you, we as Christians many times, we've lost our song. We have received the blessings and we re received all the goodness of God and God has blessed us so much and sometimes we stop praising Him. Sometimes we stop singing and sometimes it takes a trial and sometimes it takes a storm just to remind us of how good God has been. Friend, I'll tell you this, what we're going through now is nothing compared to what some people go through in this world every day. There are nations of the world, they love to trade place with us. There are nations of the world, there are missionaries across this globe who they look at what we're going through and saying, if you only knew. There are places where people give their lives for preaching the gospel and for shedding, uh, sp spreading the good news of salvation. And friend, I want to tell you, we have so much to praise God for. We have so much to thank Him for. We've got so much to sing and to shout and to worship Him for. Paul and Silas, people thought they had it bad. They were locked up in a Philippian jail and they were in jail for preaching. At midnight, the Bible tells us that they began to sing and began to praise and worship God. And that's when the earthquake came. That's when deliverance came. That's when victory came. When God's people started to sing. I want to tell you, uh, at home and, and, and in the car and uh, uh, in the neighborhood and at work, don't lose your song. Don't stop praising God. Don't start looking at all the problems and forget to praise God for His goodness. As I was meeting this last week with the McKinney family, got to talk to Miss Mary's children all gathered around. And it was so wonderful to hear them talking about their mother. And I think it was Chris there at the very end, we were talking. And one of them, I think it was Chris, but one of them said, you know, mama was losing her memory and she was losing her health and she was having a hard time and she'd get frustrated. But she would always say, God, has been so good to me. And friend, God has been so good to us. If everything you have right now, as far as possessions, if everything you have right now was all stripped away, you and I would still have to stand and say, God's been better to us than we deserve. He's given us life and He's given us breath and He's given us salvation and He's given us a home in heaven. And He's given us His Word and He's given us the opportunity to pray and He's given us the Holy Spirit of God. And may we as God's people, may we not be negative, may we not be critical, may we not be discouraged and depressed, but may we as God's people be guilty of singing and praising God no matter what happens. Jehoshaphat and the army, they didn't know what to do. They said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon Thee. And to our Victory Baptist Church family, we're living in days where we don't always know what to do, but we can look to Jesus. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.